to the 116th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, this week we're talking about future spectrum uh, and how it should be allocated. To speak with us about this, we have Nick Ledlam. Nick is the Chief Communications Officer for CTIA. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Nick, there's a lot of excitement in the wireless industry and in D.C. about how future spectrum licenses should be allocated. What's CTIA's perspective on spectrum allocation? Sure. Well, as you both know, the wireless industry is built on exclusive use licensed commercial spectrum. And that's a model that has served us incredibly well. It's built these you know, world-leading wireless networks that we all demand, uh, that we all rely on every day, that's powering all sorts of innovation. And as we look to the future, particularly as 5G becomes more widely adopted, it's pretty widely adopted already, and we see innovation built on that foundation, we're going to need more exclusive use licensed commercial spectrum operating at full power and wide contiguous channels in order to handle all that data growth and support the sorts of use cases that we all expect. Yeah, and I've written a number of reports for CTI over the last 20 years documenting the success story that the wireless industry has been over over the years, right? It's like almost every American is using wireless. They're using more than ever and are paying less per unit than ever. And even, you know, the CPI, uh, wireless CPI shows that prices are coming down. And so, you know, I looked at the at the CBRS spectrum, which was heralded as as this this massive success, right? And and a lot of companies are are talking about how great this will be. And my challenge was that I haven't seen that yet. I've I've seen what they are planning to do. But the actual evidence was, was very difficult to find. People wanted to talk to me under NDA, which doesn't help me write a report, right? And so when, when I wrote this report, I, I was like flabbergasted of, of the response this got. I think this paper got more critical response than any other paper I've written before. And I simply said, we're not there yet to make a conclusive decision if CBRS is working or not. So we should not use it as the guidepost to make decisions now about future spectrum. Right? Right, right. It was remarkable, Roger, the kind of reception it received. It did seem like there were a lot of people feeling very sensitive about the topic. Yeah, and well, you know, at least we know that people are paying attention and that it has relevance, right? Yeah. The worst thing that can happen is you write a paper and and it has a thud and nothing happens afterwards. But what was really interesting was the response, right? You know, some people were like, this is all about preventing, you know, future unlicensed spectrum to be allocated and and that it should, everything should just be licensed spectrum. And I don't think my paper was about that. I didn't write that at all. No, you didn't. In fact, I was surprised to see that 
argument raised, that was, I think, sort of the principal criticism that I saw across the internet, the responses that we saw. But your paper had, as I recall, one or two paragraphs about policy that didn't say anything about what to do with uh, CBRS currently. That you know, the, the conclusion, as I read it, was that CBRS just wasn't ready to be a model for anything else going forward. And I don't think anybody wants to change, or I'm not aware of anybody who wants to change the current CBRS licensing regime. You know, it's it's settled law. Companies are are put a lot of investment into trying to make this work. Some of it is working. Some of it, like the SaaS system, is not working, right? You have companies leaving uh, being SaaS providers. The biggest SaaS providers, we believe, I believe, is is Google, ahead of Federated. Google says nothing about it other than that SaaS is not working. And they needed a, an incumbent informed system for this to work. And NTIA seems to agree with that. So there's a lot of change coming from within the CBRS community rather than from outside the CBRS community. I, I think it's such an important point, actually, Roger, because you know, whatever whatever anyone feels about what I might think, what you might think, the the CBRS community themselves in many cases are pointing out flaws. And that in and of itself, setting aside all the other analysis and research that you did and that's in your paper, would seem to be enough to support the conclusion that you know, CBRS is not a model to be replicated at this time. Yeah. It's, uh, and interference management is such a critical component, right? And I thought it was really very eye-opening for me that the general access licenses have no interference management dimension attached to it at all, which makes the sharing part of the sharing spectrum the most difficult to share. Because, you know, if, say, if I build a CBRS network and Don, as my neighbor next door, builds one, the way we manage interference ma- interference is Don and I sit together and come to an, a gentleman's agreement, right? And then, Nick, you build one as our neighbor on the other side, and the and you start interfering because you're using the same spectrum at the same area. And then we have to find you, which is possible through the SAS, but then we have to come to an agreement with you. And then the big question is, are all three of us are reasonable or not reasonable? And if one of us is not reasonable, then we all suffer from interference. I don't think that's a good model. No, you know what it reminds me of, and it just struck me as you were talking, is we have this real problem with passenger rail in the United States because all the rail lines are shared, right, with industrial uses and so on. And, and it's sort of for a similar, you know, the, the problem comes from a similar place is that at the end of the day, a shared resource really doesn't allow it to be used to its fullest potential, at least not yet, uh, at least not under the current system, the current technologies that we have. And and by contrast, and here's where I thought your report was was really interesting, all of the things that the CBRS community proposes CBRS can do or is doing, but there's no evidence to support all of those things are borne out when you look at the networks supported by exclusive use license spectrum. 
spectrum efficiency is up, utilization is up. There are real examples of innovation across uh, all sectors of our economy. There are actual economic impact figures that are quite substantial. Uh, there's all sorts of benefits that flow from that uh, and massive demand, uh, never, you know, in fact, ever-increasing demand You know that we don't have a clear sense of how we're going to continue to be able to meet without additional license spectrum. Yeah, and, and CBRS, as it is right now, is a great additional spectrum for companies who have access to exclusive use. Because one of the things we don't want, a lot of people don't talk about is there's this 228-mile exclusion zone on, on the coasts where the Department of Defense at any time can preempt the commercial provider. And if you are using, if you're a WISP, for example, if you're a WISP and you're selling your wireless service exclusively on CBRS, you have to tell your customer that at one, at a number of days, and you don't know when, and you don't know how long, and the federal government will preempt the use of their internet connection using that WISP. That's a really difficult nut to swallow as a business who then relies on that internet service, right? If you're in the middle of the country, no problem, because there's no federal preemption. But at the coast, this is a tough one. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and that whole structure, of course, makes it hard for you know anyone who has any sort of mission-critical uh, use case, anything that re- relies on, well, reliability, right, and, and certainty to build off of CBRS, uh, and not just on the coast, but, but anywhere. Yeah, and so it's, you know, I think it's great that we have Spectrum where, where people can use it uh, when they need it, but I think we need more time to properly evaluate what is the right model and how does it pan out. And the, the CBRS community, I don't think it, hel- it helps them, you know, circling the wagons and stopping the, their disagreement with each other when, when they have so much disagreements, especially on the SaaS side. So it will be interesting, right? Yeah, I mean, I, it, it is, we found, I don't know, Roger, what you thought, but we found actually that their response to your paper almost reinforced the points that you were making in a lot of respects. You know, for instance, one of the main arguments was, uh, well, CBRS is a success because there are so many devices, right? That was sort of the response to the argument in your paper that that there's low utilization, at least as we can tell from existing utilization studies, and and there's no way to measure spectrum efficiency. And And the response is the number of devices. Well, you know, the number of devices is not how you measure spectrum utilization or spectrum efficiency. So, you know, changing the subject sort of gives the game away a little bit. And and then, you know, the number of devices, as you pointed out in your paper, is not necessarily a selling point when you compare to C-band and other mid-bands operating at full power, which which allow wireless networks to to cover a broader area with, with less. That's yeah. You know, it's a greater efficiency. So, you know, a lot of the arguments didn't really support the point that I think they were trying to that make. They were trying to make, yeah. And and I was making the point with low power, you need more devices, right? That's right. And they answered with, we have more devices. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you. That was the point I was making, right? There are better ways, you know, to counter counter the argument that 
and and it was the only and and the only counterpoint was it oh federated wireless one of the SaaS none of the other SaaS people said anything right uh, said you know it's this many many devices you know it, it will be very interesting to see how how this plays out because we have the spectrum the 3.1 to 3.45 spectrum that is where, where the discussion actually is how should we use this and you know i hope that policymakers will look at the evidence on both sides and and make an an open-eyed decision based on that yeah and of course it's broader i, I totally agree and it's broader than just whether or not CBRS has made its case or not, which I think is we've shown or we certainly agree is not, but also, you know, what is the broader environment in which we're operating in? Accenture did a report earlier this fall, which looked at, uh, for instance, the the allocations of midband spectrum in the U.S. and you know found that the the amount of midband spectrum allocated to to licensed commercial use is a is a tiny fraction of what what it is for unlicensed or for for government holdings analysis mason did a, a a report looking internationally at spectrum allocations found that you know other countries are are racing ahead to make more midband spectrum available for 5g anticipating the data growth that we're all uh, starting to experience but the us so far is not and you know, Accenture identified the lower three as well as a couple of other bands as the place to, to look for licensed commercial use to help solve that problem. Yeah, and Peter Visavi just wrote a great paper on the technical aspects. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, it's it's very interesting. So, Nick, thank you very much for for coming and 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 sharing your insights with us. I really appreciate it. And absolutely. We'll definitely keep looking at this. You know, Spectrum is is one of the topics that's very dear to Don and my my heart, and because it is that fuel that drives the economy, and and such a huge part of the the U.S. economy is now inextricably linked to the success of of wireless spectrum. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, gentlemen. Roger, talk to you next week.